0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, with Tom Dorian. Tom, don't you love want one say luxurious?
2: Luxurious.
1: You know, you can say it all you want. Yes. And it sounds luxurious. And it is. Well, it's Naugahyde, but
2: Man, this is luxurious Naugahyde. It's the
1: nicest Naugahyde on the planet. I like it. Yeah. Whatever like it. uh Naugahyde animal they killed to make this thing. It it's was red worth it. and
2: white. Everybody needs to know. <laughs> it's, really it's a neat. nice
1: little restaurant booth. It is. It's nice. It's the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. And Amen. we are so glad. That you are taking the time out of your life right now to, yes, uh, to listen to us, uh, and so I thought I was going to I would do everybody a favor this this
2: week and awesome. just
1: make the show uh, uh, beneficial to us in okay. some way. Now it's not that the other shows are not beneficial. <laughs> like, I guess I should clear that up. <laughs> Says you. You know, when you ask somebody, like we've done shows about how to get more out of mass, we have right, and we've talked about things like confession and studying prayer and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that we always talk about is like just a simple thing to do is like read the readings ahead of the week. That's right. Right? And that's a simple thing you can do because it sort of, it sort of, I don't know, contextualizes the readings that you have there at Mass when you show up. Mm-hmm. And so we're not specifically talking about that, but I thought, well, hey, let's do that. There you go. So uh, coming up in this uh, third Sunday of Ordinary Time, mm-hmm. we're going to have uh, some readings. Of course. Yeah. that's. <laughs> uh, it's the beginning of Ordinary Time, and so the church now is sort of tuning into uh of course Jesus's birth mm-hmm. right and then we have um uh his his public ministry so right. now we're getting into his public ministry mm-hmm. and so we're going to have those readings and typically when you go to mass sometimes you know you can get kind of caught up in what the uh, woman's hat in front of you looks like whether it's blocking your view of the priest or whether it's some kids acting up to your left maybe it's your kid you know I don't know <laughs> but the point is there can be distractions and sometimes the readings at Mass end up becoming these sort of sounds we hear, right. and we don't often focus on the words. So we thought, rather than do all the readings, I just wanted to talk about the gospel reading coming up. Uh, and so maybe when you hear the preaching or uh, the, the rest of the context of the Mass, it might mean something more if we just have a little conversation Great idea about that about that reading that's coming up. And uh, so what I wanted to do was uh, just read from, it's going to be from Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter, uh, verses 12 through 23. And what we're talking about here, again, is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And so the focus really is, and probably the the, the, the homily, uh, any speaking in the Mass, will, will really be focused on the uh, the revelation of Jesus' mission and ministry here on earth, the, the public nature of salvation, the fact that he is our Savior, he has come, uh, and, and announcing the gospel to right. us, right? It's the beginning of ordinary time. It's the beginning of his public ministry. So it makes perfect sense. And that's probably what they'll be preaching about, you know, Jesus being the light of the world. Um, our psalm is the Lord is my light and my salvation. That's the 27th psalm. And so we're going to hear about Jesus being the light,
3: uh-huh.
1: right? And so the first part of this gospel is uh, is important. Because uh, it fulfills prophecy, because the first readings from the Old Testament from the prophet uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah mm-hmm. talking about these lands of uh, zebulun and naphtali right so you 'll hear that and that 's usually when most people tune out by the way, oh yeah, they start hearing weird names and stuff and it 's like, like I, Jeff I, Whitey? Just, yeah it doesn 't make any sense to me but but let 's look at that in the in the in the context of of jesus 's public ministry and and essentially Matthew is announcing that Here is this man that that comes from the Gentiles, just the way Isaiah prophesied, and we're speaking about Jesus. And so it says this, it says, When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light on those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death. Light has arisen from that time on. Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, that's the first hand of the first half of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So it's talking about this fulfilling of this prophecy. Right. And light has arisen. Our sins are to be washed away. Uh, The light of the world is now uh, come to be and come to pass. Uh, and, and you know what happens when you shine a light, you know, in the dark of your kitchen all the cockroaches scatter. Right. And so this is a good, I don't know if that's a very religious no. <laughs> connection <laughs> and I'm, I might be telling you too much about my kitchen yeah. uh, and my wife's going to be mad at me now. I just, I'm getting in trouble over and over again. <laughs> uh, but the point of all this is we look at that and go, okay, well that's neat. Okay, good. But the second half of the gospel is, is equally important to me. And I think there's a really neat aspect to that. So after Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, not the kingdom of Kevin, the kingdom of heaven. That was a little (laughs) mispeaking. But after that, it says that as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And once they left their nets and followed him, he walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. Right? And that's the end of the gospel. And that's so beautiful. And I I like the big picture. I love to to understand the light has come and Jesus' plan of salvation. And, of course, it ends with, you know, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. Those are powerful things. But I I don't want us to miss, I think, what's really important. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It's not that all of it's not important, but there's a key factor in there. Because a lot of times when we talk about things in the Catholic faith and our doctrine, I mean, do you ever ask the question, Tom, like, why do I care? Oh, yeah. I mean, what does it mean to me? Sure. Like from an ordinary person's perspective. How does it apply? Yeah. I mean, like, why do do I need to know that? Sure. And and a lot of times we'll overlook things in scripture, but this is important. This little section here, because Jesus announces this kingdom come, announces that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. He announces his ministry, his mission publicly, right? Yep. And he goes about doing it. But sandwiched in the middle there, immediately after he announces this public ministry, what does he do?
2: He goes out and picks a bunch of guys. He
1: builds a team. Yeah. Right? You know, if you're going to do Stratity. battle, if you're going to do battle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? If you're, if you're going to play football.
2: You might want to have a few guys with you. Yeah.
1: You're going to have to, you know, and and you're going to get them together, you know. There's no
2: I in team. That's right.
1: <laughs> you are such a football junkie. You like that? Yeah, it's good. And it's still true. I it made was, that up. It was, I think it came from Jesus. That's Somewhere in the scriptures we'll I'm find sure. it another time. But the point is, you look at that and... Uh, it, it 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 shouldn't be lost on us, and most of us will miss it. It may not be something that's preached about. If I, I think if I was preaching this weekend, I'd be talking about the fact that I, I think it's important that we know how Jesus called these twelve.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? We we talk about Peter and his brother Andrew, and we talk about James and his brother John, mm-hmm. the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee. Right? We we talk about them, they're fishermen, um, and then but he goes on and he collects the other. Band of brothers, a mm-hmm. little band of brothers that he's gathered together, uh, and that's how he's going to accomplish salvation, the plan of salvation. That's what he's chosen, right? And and so if we stop and look a little deeper at this calling where he called Peter and Andrew and James and John and all the others, Matthew, the tax collector, where he he uh, you know he calls all these people, I, I think we're going to learn a lot about ourselves and our own calling. Okay. I, I think that's a, a, something we need to pay attention to, and the first thing I would point out: there's a couple of like interesting things that we should note about this calling of these people. First, Jesus called common men.
2: He did. You're right.
1: I mean, think about it for a second. He he didn't call political leaders, you know, mil- military leaders, uh, great sports leaders, you know, coaches. He didn't call uh, great theologians, businessmen. He didn't call the scribes and the Pharisees. Mm-mm. He 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 called stinky fishermen and he called IRS agents. I'm not trying to demean the IRS. Those are wonderful people, I'm sure. Tax my, collectors, tax, that's a better way to say yeah, it. Yeah, okay. But he he—he he, he weren't like, good guys. He went to the the heart of humanity. Yeah. In all of our dirt, like the dirty farmers and the I mean he went to the to the to the people. He did. And that's who he chose. Now, we've got to look at that and realize that that's important, that he he purposely did not choose anybody of authority and power. Mm-hmm. Because all power and authority rests in him that he would then imbue into the church. But the point is, these people would not have power of their own. It would be power given them by God on high. Mm-hmm. right? That's where they all the authority... And, and and it's important for us to look at that like, well, okay, that's interesting. So just park that one. right? And then another thing I want to mention is that They were called, these men were called in the day-to-day of their lives. Now, this is something that, like, is kind of important to me. And most people don't stop and dwell on it, but as I was, like, meditating on this, I thought, you know, he came to guys and they were in the middle of their work. Literally. How many times have you been at work, Tom? Have you ever had someone knock on your uh, agency over there? Knock, knock, knock hey, we're selling Girl Scout cookies or we're doing this or we, you know, and you're thinking like, really now?
2: Yeah, bad timing.
1: You know, I'm in the middle of this. I'm trying to save the world my own little way by taking care of this client and that. You're doing good work and you're trying to. And then you got all this stuff going on and let alone the times where you have some financial difficulties or pressures on the business or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes knocking on your door and say, hey, by the way, everything's going to change. I want you to follow me. Right. He, he came to these men while they were doing their job in the middle of their life. Like, he didn't come to them when they were comfortable. Like, they said, you know what? Now I need to... Uh, I'm retired, and now I need to give my life to God. Right. Right? So I'm waiting until i got everything, all my ducks in a row, and the families, all, the kids are all off. from They're done in college. They got, they're married off. They all got kids, and everything's great. And, you know, and uh, we're in a good place here. The house is paid for it, Now I can give my time yeah, he to God. They didn't even
2: come to him at the end of the day.
1: It was right in the middle of it.
2: You know, they hadn't finished eating dinner and just chilling out kind yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, it, it was in the middle of it. And, right. And I guess... Um, it wasn't like these where they had these spiritual highs, these moments of great discernment. What it, where's God calling me? They weren't on a mountaintop with (laughs) burning incense, you know, moaning. They, they, they weren't like on a pilgrimage. Right. They weren't seeking God at that time. Right. Now I don't know their hearts. God knows their hearts and knew their hearts. But the thing is he came to them where they were at that moment. Right. And that's powerful. So that's two things Jesus called common men and they were called in the day to day of their lives. And so, I'm going to leave it there because we have to take a break. All right. But we're going to bring a lot more light onto this. We're going to look more into this gospel. And so hopefully when you go to mass this week, you're going to be like, hey, I, I heard this. Yeah. I, I think different. Oh, that's interesting. I never heard that perspective. That's wonderful. So maybe it'll make you have a better mass experience. Uh, before we uh, talk more about this, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at com. With that, we'll be right back.
4: I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. The teaching on the role, purpose, and value of the office of priest has been constant in the church for its nearly 2,000-year existence. The priest, even more than being simply defined by his sacramental functionality, acts in the person of Christ and calls each of us to offer ourselves fully in union with the one sacrifice of Christ. While many may think that the priesthood is a modern invention of the Catholic Church, it most assuredly is not. The writings of the early church fathers, those first Christians who were instrumental in protecting, nurturing, and spreading the one true faith, bear this out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, an early bishop and martyr, wrote around 110 A.D. about the distinct threefold ministry of the church. He said, Let everyone respect the deacons as they would respect Jesus Christ, and just as they respect the bishop as a type of father, and the presbyters, or priest, as the council of God and college of apostles. Without these it cannot be called a church. St. Cyprian of Carthage in 250 A.D. had this to say about the priesthood. For if Jesus Christ our Lord and God is himself the chief priest of God the Father and has first offered himself as a sacrifice to the Father and has commanded this to be done in commemoration of himself, certainly the priest truly discharges the office of Christ who imitates that which Christ did. In his great work on the priesthood, written in the fourth century, St. John Chrysostom wrote, What priests do here below, God ratifies above, and the master confirms the sentence of his servants. Then, just a few years later, St. Ambrose, when teaching on the authority of priests to hear confessions, tells us, It seemed likewise impossible for sins to be forgiven through penance. Yet Christ granted even this to his apostles, and by his apostles it has been transmitted to the office of priests. Finally, St. Augustine, when explaining why he clung to the Catholic faith, said, The succession of priests, from the very see of the apostle Peter, to whom our Lord, after his resurrection, gave the charge of feeding his sheep, up to the present episcopate, keeps me here. These are but a few of the many, many quotes from the early fathers, which reveal that the ministry of the priesthood was, is, and always will be an awesome gift of Christ to his church. I'm Bess Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Doran, and we are talking about Jesus' calling of his disciples. Mary his Band apostles, of Brothers. The Mary Band of Brothers. We're talking like about that. that because we're going to be hearing that this weekend yep. at Mass. Mm-hmm. And I know some people will have already been to Mass by the time they hear this show, if, if they happen to listen to it on a Sunday. A lot of the, our outlets play it on Sunday, but a lot of them play it on Saturday as well. And so uh, if you have an opportunity to hear it before, all the better for you, but if you have to hear it, Afterwards, you can say, like, hey, he's right. They didn't talk about this. You know, and you just add another little perspective onto this whole thing. But we'll do our best to continue on this process of just adding a little perspective to this particular gospel to help us understand the importance of how Jesus, while he wanted to be the light of the world, the way he chose to do that was by calling common men and calling them where they were in their life. Right. In all of the mess and all the dirtiness and all of the problems and all of the challenges, et cetera. Uh, and, uh, and it's important. Those two things are really important. But I think probably the most important comparison we, t- we, we make when we look at the calling of these apostles and, uh, like, I don't know why this is kind of, like, something we read over and don't think, like, this is a big deal. Sure. Like, because this third one is like really the hardest for me. Because mm-hmm. the th- the third one is this: when Jesus called, they dropped everything, right? Instantly, mm-hmm. and they followed him. Right now, okay. <laughs> I want to stop there for a second because I, I, we've just said like it's it's kind of like uh, when someone says, "Hey, how do I, uh, you know, how do I follow you, Jesus?" Well, you know, you know, you follow the commandments. Well, I've done all those things. We you, you know, we sell everything you have and follow me. It's like, oh. I can't do that.
3: Right.
1: I realized the, the challenge there. But for me, this is the biggest challenge in terms of Jesus calling his apostles. It's like, how did they just drop everything? And, you know, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, are there with Zebedee. Yeah. And so you hear no questions. You hear no, no doubts. There's no preparation. They, they drop everything go. and they follow him. And, um, wow, I hope I would have that strength or that faith.
0: Sure.
1: You're a man of pretty good faith, Tom. Do you, do you think you'd be able to do that?
2: No, well, I think that would be difficult, but they, the guy I keep thinking about is Zebedee. <laughs> yeah. what, what is Zebedee thinking he's probably of doing? He's got a bad back. He, he might have bigger faith than them. You, you know think what? about it, you know?
1: I you, You're thinking positively. I'm thinking negatively. I'm thinking <laughs> it's like Zebedee going, hey, dude, how am what I going to finish I?
2: this? What am I here? <laughs> <Jeff Lover? laughs>
1: you know, you're walking out on me. I right. can't pull this thing in by myself. Oh, that My hurts. Oh, boys. Yeah. I mean, I, I did take a, uh, an Excedrin, but, you know, I, I just, it ain't kicked in yet. I, I, I can't do this on my
2: own. No, but to you, answer your you question, no, that's some serious faith. That would be hard to do.
1: But I would imagine some – It would. I would hope that it would be a little bit easier because if you were standing there in the very presence of God, even if you didn't recognize that and realize that, right. that once he spoke that somehow would speak right to your heart. Yeah. And maybe I would say, well, maybe I would react differently, and maybe that's how I would do it. But I look at my own life now, and I go – Um, yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Mm -mm. And so, but we shouldn't stop and just like overlook those little details about who they are and their calling because
2: those are big deals,
1: they're big deals. And, and nothing is in scripture that wasn't meant to be in scripture. Mm -mm. So scripture doesn't have any superfluous language like that was wasted. I think a lot of times we'll see lines or sections and go, I skip over that because I don't see the relevance of it. But so now, remember, Jesus has just announced his the kingdom is at hand. Mm-hmm. This is his public ministry. He's out there. He's going to be preaching, and he's telling us to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And immediately he sets into creating how this plan is going to work, and he gathers a band of brothers. Right. And, and I think that's powerful, and I think we need to look into that and understand that because his he's the light of the world then, mm-hmm. it, much needed, obviously. But he's still the light of the world, and he's still much needed, which means he still needs a band of brothers. That's right. He actually is still calling, and I think it's important for us and what we shouldn't really overlook in all this is the fact that the reason why I think, again, I'm not a great theologian. I'm just thinking about what the common guy does, but I look at this and go, why why is this right? Why does Matthew put this right after Jesus announces this great fulfillment of the prophecy or, or Matthew announces the fulfillment of the prophecy? And then here's Jesus saying, public ministry, I'm on go. Here it is. Here I am. And I think it's because I think Matthew wants all of us for time immemorial, whether he knew he'd be l- reading this 2,000 years later or not. I, I don't think he did, but I know he knew this was an eternal truth. Mm-hmm. And that one day someone would read this and go, you know, Jesus is still calling, and He's calling each of us. That's right. And He calls you, Tom. He calls me. He calls everyone who's listening. He calls and has an individual call, a personal call for each and every one of us. Right? Mm-hmm. We can't look past that. And so, you know, it's it's not some nameless, uh, nondescript corporation, some group that's going to save the world. Mm-hmm. It's like you and me working with Jesus for Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: His authority. His His glory, His power, His mercy working through us, that we're instruments in His plan of salvation, but not some corporate environment. And I'm not saying that the church is not responsible. That's a whole different issue. But my point is, how many times do we look and say, well... You know, the education system in the Catholic schools is bad, or or the people just don't believe in the true presence, or, you know, that's, the, the Pope needs to work more on this, and the bishops need to work more on this, and we need to, our priests and our deacons and our sisters and brothers, they need to start preaching more about this. Put it
2: off on other people.
1: Well, sometimes we have a tendency to do that. And I'm not saying those people aren't responsible, because no, cause we are. Yeah. But Jesus called common people. Mm-hmm. Right, and so how many stinky fishermen and dirty farmers and IRS agents am I talking to right now? Who might think, "Oh man, this is somebody else's gig." I think Jesus is speaking to us when we read this gospel. I think we're those people, and I think He's calling us into that. Right, He calls us in our ordinariness. I think you're right. Right, and and then also, He's not calling us at some uh, set aside time that's later. And I know people have great experiences when they're in pilgrimage. They go to the Holy Land or they go to Rome and they see the this, this beautiful city and, and, and they have this sort of like movement or, or I've heard about people going to places like Mejigori, which, of course, I know is a an issue that the church is looking into and all these things. And, and people will say that that was a moment where they had a conversion. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But I think the vast majority of people experience God and that God comes to us where we are right here and right now. He, he, I don't think he really... Wants us to wait until we retire to be open to his promptings. I think he starts now. Oh yeah, and that's what happened to me. Yeah, right. Being called into the diaconate. I didn't. I wasn't born with a collar around my neck. My parents had no idea what a deacon was. I'm sure when I was born. And the reality is, I didn't know what a deacon was until I was called to the diaconate. And and the truth is, I was called in the middle of a wife uh, and kids and a mortgage. Uh, and uh, we had a dog, you know. And it's like all these things that we have going on in our lives. Which include the soccer practices and the, you know working at business and making things work out, and and in all those trials and tribulations and sometimes joys and, and and celebrating, the reality is Jesus came to us came to me at that time in that moment, not in some spiritual high moment where I was seeking guidance and then I was like I climbed on a mountain and was started you know uh, meditating or something like. Which again, I'm not against people who want to meditate. I think that's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And and to have these transcendent experiences you know, with God and to connect with him in ways and going out on retreat. These are beautiful things to recharge our spiritual batteries. But the reality is I think most, most of us are called in our day to day of our lives. And I usually don't say, well, I don't, I don't think I heard my call from Jesus to say, I want you to be a deacon of my church, but I want you to wait for another 25 years until you've retired. (laughs) Right. I I just, he comes to us now. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he asks us to drop everything and follow him and to not ask questions I'm not going to say that's easy. In fact, I'm going to tell you that's the hardest thing I think I I have to do is to have faith. We we all struggle in faith. Tom, you you seem to be like such a big stalwart guy. You know, you are you're, like, you're, you're an offensive uh, tackle. You you know, you're a, a lineman or whatever. You're just like
2: yeah, guard. You know,
1: yeah, a guard. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't need to demean you. That's offensive, in that right way. there. It was that offensive. Yeah. But you know, 58, Tommy, 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 Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> you know. I... I I uh, appreciate that. And you look at someone and you think like, here's a man of strength or whatever. But I, I got to tell you, I, I I would stand behind you if like some guy was like <laughs> attacking. Good. Would you retreat? <laughs> would, you, would you like, throw, would you like throw everything? I mean, I don't know how I would deal with that situation to, to call me out of where I was, you know, and to say, Hey, you're following me now.
2: Oh, I'm, I think everybody struggles with that. Deacon Jeff. I think that's very difficult. Um, it's, it's not easy to drop everything. Yeah. In fact, it's, virtually impossible
1: well i tell you what what I, I guess what i found was when i was called and i thought you want me to be a what i mean i used to skip mass i used to not even go into mass I used to lie to my mother yeah. and i would stay out in the narthex did you
2: turn around and you got the call like you, you talking you to talking me Who's this guy
1: next to me is there a holy person next to me what, what is the deal with that and All the right. reality is i guess what i found out is even uh in it wasn't it was it was a radical call a radical change in my life but the reality is like he he paved the way I think when we have faith and we really trust in God,
2: that's the key word right there is trust. You you
1: can have another kid. You can afford it. Trust me. I'm taking care of you. You, It's okay. You You can talk to to that person.
2: You almost have to just let go. Right. Not, not even do anything. Just let go and just let God work through you.
1: Well, I I just, I I think when people hear this show, I hope what they hear is that whoever you are in your ordinariness, Mm -hmm. wherever you are, even in difficult times, you know, have faith, trust in God, follow Jesus because he's not going to lead us astray. Mm -hmm. He is the light of the world. He is our salvation and to follow him is such a beautiful gift. And that's why when you hear these readings at mass, um, you're going to be taken into this. The the Lord is my light and my salvation, but to know that like he loves me as I am where I am and he calls me to follow him, which means to be open to him, Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable to him, to trust in him. That's that's really powerful. that's something we need to ponder. Yep. That's something we all need to ponder. And that music means that we, we need to wrap up show up and let's, let's take a time just to, and you, know, you know what? Let's ask Jesus' mother, Mary, Perfect. our mother, right, for her intercession to wrap her mantle of protection around us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary mother, mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, now and at the hour, hour of our death. Day. Amen. 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 And the Father,
0: Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Serving up salvation, one cup of coffee at a time.